Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing today? Awesome. I got, a, I got a question for everybody that's in here today. Anybody watching online? How many of you would say that you struggle with pride? Like you really struggle with pride. Go, go ahead and raise your hand if you're in person now. Raise your hand if you struggle with pride. If you're watching online, type it in the chat. Say, I struggle with pride. I'm talking to you today. And for those of you that were too proud to raise your hand, <laughs> I'm also talking to you today because the fact of the matter is everybody struggles with pride at some point. Now, it may look completely different for each one of us, but... We all struggle with pride. And when I was kind of going through this like Rolodex of memories in my mind of all the times that I've struggled with pride, there was one that just kept on popping up. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. No, nah, that's, I don't want to talk about that. But it just kept on popping up and popping up. And so finally I was like, okay. There was one instance where I really struggled with pride. And it was when I first started dating Elizabeth. Now hang with me here. I'm, this is not this is not Elizabeth's fault, but if you're married or you're in a committed relationship, you know what I'm about to say. You know this to be true. And if you're single, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When you find the one, nothing else matters anymore. You don't care about things as much as you used to. The things that you held as priorities are no longer priorities in your life anymore. So that happened with me. When I first started dating Elizabeth, all I wanted to do was spend time with her because I loved her. I loved spending time. And when I wasn't with her, I always thought about her. Now, can you guess what kind of took a back seat in my life during this time period? School. That's right. Now, don't get me wrong. I hated school, okay? Like, I hated school. I hated homework. I hated writing papers. I hated all of that stuff. But school had a 0% chance of winning when I found Elizabeth and we started dating. So what happened was, when it was time to sign up for classes, I knew I needed some, like, some ones that I could coast through. You know, I needed some easy A's. I didn't want to have to do any work. I just wanted to just spend all my time with Elizabeth and not worrying about anything else. So when I was looking through the list of classes that I could sign up for, I saw speech. Now, for a lot of you in here listening right now, you're getting anxiety just even thinking about this, right? You would rather, you would rather right now die in your chair <laughs> then get up in front of people and speak. That's how terrifying it is for most people. But for me, it never really bothered me. I never really cared about talking in front of people. And up to that point, I'd had people tell me that I was really good at it. So you can imagine being young, people are telling you that you're good at something, right? You kind of start getting puffed up. You start getting a big head. Your ego is now going out of control. And that's what happened to me. So I saw a speech and I was like, oh man, that is going to be in the bag. I'm signing up for speech. 
And I also figured, hey, you know what? Elizabeth took speech last semester. So if, uh, you know, if I run into some problems, I'll just ask her for a little bit of help in some of the speeches that I have to give. Now, one of the speeches that we were assigned was a personal speech. That was the only parameter. It needed to be personal. Something that only happened to me. And I decided, like a lot of other people, to push it off. Push it off. Keep pushing it off. I'll do it later. I'm too busy. And then what happens? You get to the night before, and then I remembered, oh, man, I have this speech tomorrow, this personal speech. So I asked Elizabeth. I said, did you have to write one? She said, yeah, I wrote a personal speech. Well, can I, can I, can I look at it? Can I borrow it? Now, in her defense... She probably assumed that I would, you know, take her note cards, I would read through the whole thing, that I would, it would spark some sort of creativity in myself, and I would make necessary changes, and I would write my own speech. She did not know me very well back then. <laughs> I didn't even look at it until I got up in front of the class to give this speech. That's how confident I was. That's how big my ego was, how much pride I had. I thought I could just get up there and wing it, that people would give me a standing ovation because I'd been told I was so good at giving speeches. So I get up there and I, and I get you know, behind the podium and I have my little cards in like the perfect handwriting she has. It's, it's insane. Uh, and I look down my personal speech and the first line is, my little sister, Emma, is deaf in one ear. And so it was at that moment that I knew that I had messed up because this whole speech goes into like doctor's visits and cochlear implants and a bunch of stuff that I did no research on and I had no idea about and I could not wing this speech. And it was obvious that I couldn't do it. And what happened? I completely bombed this speech. I failed. I thought that I could wing it because I believed that I was that good. Have you ever struggled with pride like this? Have you ever struggled internally with pride? If you have, here's the good news. You're not alone. Everybody deals and struggles with pride. In fact, people have been struggling with pride since the beginning of time, going back to the garden with Adam and Eve when, when they sin for the first time and they have to go and they have to cover themselves, they have to hide themselves from God because they're too proud to show themselves to God. Or take David, for example. This is a guy who is a man after God's own heart. He struggled with pride. Or how about Peter? Oh, Peter, who, who said and proclaimed and was convinced, Jesus, I will never leave your side. Never will I abandon you, denies him three times. We all struggle with pride. And today, if you have your Bibles handy, I want to look at a passage in Luke chapter 18. 
And in Luke 18, we find Jesus teaching in parables. And what, what parables are is they're stories that teach a lesson. And in this particular passage in Luke 18, Jesus is using a parable to address pride. So let's take a look. Luke 18, let's start with verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In this passage, in this parable that we read, we have two individuals doing the same thing, praying to God, but they're praying with two different motives, two different hearts. You have the Pharisee who thinks that he's better than everyone else and the tax collector who is repentant. And what I want you to see this morning, what we all have to realize is that pride is dangerously destructive and it's difficult to detect. Pride is incredibly destructive, but it's also very hard to see it in the mirror. Now, if we're being honest, every single one of us, when we think about, you know, like the major sins, we have like this, this like running list, right? We have murder, we have greed, we have lust. But would we add pride to this list? I think a lot of us would struggle adding pride to this list of sins. Why? Because we struggle with it. All of us have a little bit of pride in us. And the truth is this, God hates pride. And now when I was, I was growing up, and I was growing up in a traditional uh, church family, we weren't allowed to say the word hate. Did anybody else grow up like this? Oh no, you know, if I said, oh, I hate spaghetti. Oh no, 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 we don't say hate. We don't, no, we don't hate. But the fact of the matter is God hates pride. And I wanna show you a couple verses that really display this, all right? Proverbs 16.5 says, the Lord detests the proud, they will surely be punished. The Lord detests the proud. That, that's, that's a harsh word, right? It doesn't say the Lord is slightly miffed with the proud. God is a little bothered 
by the brother. No, the Lord detests the proud. And in Proverbs 8.13, it says, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, God says, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. God hates pride because it's dangerously, dangerously destructive to our souls. And it's extremely difficult to detect in our own lives. And here's the thing, the people who struggle the most with pride typically don't even know that they struggle with it. I want to go ahead and address a question that you're probably asking in your head right now, because I know I would be too. You're probably thinking, is all pride sin? Is all pride sinful, really? And the answer is no. If your child treats someone kindly, it's okay to be proud of them. That's good, right? We, we want that. That's good pride. It's not prideful or sinful to bring your best to something that matters. It's not sinful to be proud of the gifts and the talents that God has given you. That's not sinful pride. But what is sinful pride? What makes pride a sinful thing? And it's simply this. P sinful pride is an elevation of ourselves above others. And get this, it's a denial of our need for God. That is sinful pride. And if we miss this, or if we ignore this fact, here's what's gonna happen. If we don't humble ourselves, pride can lead us to failure. Just like the speech that I borrowed from Elizabeth, where I thought that I was God's gift to public speaking, that I could just ignore putting in the work, working hard, and then it would all just work out. I let pride take over and I failed. And if we don't get real with ourselves, if we don't start looking in the mirror, and if we don't start humbling ourselves, our pride can lead us to failure. Now I wanna show you a few ways that pride can be destructive in our own lives. There's three different types of pride. There's the I'm better than you pride. And we see this type of pride when we look at the parable in Luke chapter 18. It says that the Pharisee looked down his nose at the tax collector and said, thank God I'm not like you. This is the I'm better than you pride. And what's crazy, what's completely odd is that this Pharisee didn't even know how full of himself he really was because 
pride is dangerously destructive. And it's so difficult to see in ourselves. Now, most of us will never just walk up to people, look them right in the eyes and say, I'm better than you. There might be a few individuals out there that would do this, but for the most part, people don't walk around doing this kind of thing to people. But this kind of pride, this I'm better than you pride, this sinful pride often manifests itself as a spiritual pride or as a critical spirit. So for you, if this is your pride, it may look something like this. Oh, I would never, I would never watch that movie. Disgusting. Oh, I would never watch that TV show that everybody else is watching. It's so shameful. I would never drink that drink. No. I would never vote for that candidate. Maybe it's at work for you. I'm the best at this job. If it weren't for me, this place wouldn't even exist because I'm the only one that knows what they're doing. I'm the only one that can do it right and everybody else needs me because I am the best at this. The Pharisee showed this in verse 11 when he says, I'm certainly not like the tax collector. The I'm better than you pride, when you boil it all down, is a comparison trap. The second type of pride is the I can handle it pride. And some of you, if you're being honest with yourself, this is your type of pride. It's pride in yourself. And maybe for you, you know, you love to give gifts to people. You love to give of yourself to people, but you find it hard to receive because you're just too proud. I don't want a handout. You're too proud to receive from others. Maybe you've been dealing with the same obstacle, the same challenge for years and years, the same addiction for years and years, but you're too prideful to ask for help because I can handle it. And if I'm being honest with you today, this is my type of pride. This is the one that I struggle with the most. Now, I, I want you to be clear about something. I'm not talking about past tense struggle. I'm talking about recent. We're not talking five, 10 years ago. We're talking as, as soon as a month ago, I was struggling with this type of pride. And my watch is talking to me. This is the struggle that I have, my pride. Maybe you're like me. Every now and then I get in, in what I will just call a rut, where I start to kind of believe these lies in my head that I'm not needed, 
that nobody would even know that I'm gone. Have you ever, have you ever felt like this? And you get in these like downward spirals and you start questioning what it is you do. And you start to believe that nobody would know if you even left. Does what I do matter? Am I making a difference? This is the struggle that I get in. And I get in these downward spirals and I get into these really deep, dark depressions. And if you've been joining us for the past three weeks, you're probably sitting there going, why are all of these people getting so raw and real with their stories? It's because these issues that we all deal with, they're not surface level issues. They're deep inside of us. And I don't know if you're like me, but I need God to do a work in my life. I need God to do a deep clean in my soul. And it's a daily thing because we all struggle with this. And so I would get in these downward spirals and I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't let anybody know that I'm having these struggles too because I can handle it myself. Perhaps one of the biggest indicators that you struggle with this type of pride is that you aren't praying. You rarely talk to God, and when you do, your prayers are flat. They're faithless, or they're predictable. You know, God, give us a good day. Thank you, God, for this food. Done. God, keep us safe. They're predictable. And when you think about it, when you truly examine this type of pride, when you don't pray faithfully, what you're really doing is you're declaring that you don't need God because you can handle it. See, what I've noticed in my life is that when I get in these downward spirals and I start to really plummet and get into these depressions, it's always in a season when I've gotten really relaxed in reading scripture. You know, when I've taken a break or when I, my prayers just become faithless and monotonous and it's just this thing that I do where I check it off and I find myself just, just praying the same thing every single day. It's when I'm in those seasons that I notice that pride this, this I can handle it pride really taking over in my life. If this is you, if this is your pride that you struggle with, be humble. If you're addicted, ask for help. If your marriage is struggling, if you're struggling spiritually, if you're struggling with depression, ask for help. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Now, there may be a few of you in here, you're thinking you dodged a bullet. I don't struggle with either one of those prides. That's not my problem. Must have skipped right over me. I must be all good. This next one 
is for you. It's the it doesn't apply to me pride. And here's how that looks. You act like you're above the rules. You have the, the rules don't apply to me mentality. That's for someone else. Some of you, when you came to church this morning and you heard that we're talking about pride, you got your phone out and you started texting your buddy and you're saying, oh man, they're talking about pride. You need to hear this. No, this message is for you. This type of pride, it elevates us, right? The rules don't apply. So let's take King David, for example. He lived in a time when kings were supposed to go to war, to lead by example, to be in the trenches, right? Lead their kingdom into battle. But David decides that he's above all of that. The rules don't apply to him. He says, I don't need to go to war. So he stays home. So he ends up somewhere that he shouldn't have been. He sees something that he shouldn't have seen. And he does something that he shouldn't have done. See, he recognizes and he feels above the rules. He goes to his rooftop. He sees a woman bathing and still believing that he is above all the rules, he sins for her, he sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, and then he tries to cover it all up by essentially murdering her husband. Because the rules don't apply to him. See, I don't know if you see this kind of thing in your own life, but I think if you're honest, with yourself, you may find that this is really your struggle. And maybe for you, it's I don't need to tithe. My life is good. I have everything that I need. Why on earth would I change it up? Why would I start giving now? Maybe for you, it's I can look at whatever I want to look at. That's not a struggle with me. Mind your own business. Who cares? Maybe it's, well, we're married in our hearts. Maybe there are, there are some of you here today, you're thinking, I don't need to be a part of a small group. I don't need to join a serve team. I don't need to get connected to the church. I don't need to be a part of the church body. It's not really a priority for me. In fact, the only people that go out of their way to go to church more than just Sunday morning obviously have nothing better to do with their time. That kind of thing is for suckers. You act above the rules. Is there some sin in your life that you've rationalized? Is there some place in your life where you believe and you're pretending that you're above the rules, that you're above God's word? See, we all struggle with pride. 
And what we have to do is we have to fight against this pride that we have within ourselves. And the only way to do this is you have to humble yourself. We have to humble ourselves. Pause and pray. You might still be wondering, what do I struggle with? What is my pride? I'm not sure. Pause, pray. Say, God, search me. Reveal in me my pride. God, do I have the I'm better than others pride? Do I have the I can handle this pride? Do I have the it doesn't apply to me pride? Scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you know who wrote that? Peter. Peter, this same guy who was absolutely convinced that he would not leave the side of Jesus, no matter what, and denied him three times. The same guy that was convinced that he could walk on water to Jesus. But as soon as he saw the wind and waves, lost his faith and began to sink. This Peter continues to say, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. How do we humble ourselves? First, we need to confess sin. If we're gonna humble ourselves, we have to start confessing our sin. If you're struggling with pride, confess it. Look in the mirror, shine a light on your struggles and don't treat your sins like Adam and Eve did by just trying to cover it up so that nobody can see it. Shine a light on it, confess it. Secondly, we need to ask for help. And for some of you, that might mean seeking professional counseling for an addiction that you may have, that you've been too proud to admit. Maybe it's asking someone to keep you accountable when you try to push people out of the way so that you can handle it yourself because no one can do it better. After you confess, seek help in the area of your life where the sin of pride is taking over. And finally, turn back to God. Seek God daily in prayer. Run to him with your struggles. Lay your pride at the feet of Jesus. Each one of us deals with pride in some way, shape, or form. We all have our struggles, but if we truly want to turn away from our sinfulness, we have to confess where we fall short. And we have to learn to ask for help when we're in times of need. Turn back to God and to God. 
who lifted Peter out of the water is the same God who can lift us out of our sinful pride. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you that you love us. That even in our darkest times, in those moments where we let pride take control, you still care for us. You have not turned your back on us. Father, may we, may we be a people that shines a light in the areas that we struggle with. May we be a people that shines a light on your name, that shines a light on your goodness, your love, your faithfulness, your grace that you have for us. We thank you, God, that you don't treat us like we deserve, like the sinners that we are, but that you love us. And if there's somebody in this room, God, that has not accepted you, God, all they have to do is pray this prayer after me. Father, I know that I have sinned. I know that I fall short of your glory in every way. But God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me, that he was crucified, buried, that he rose from the grave. And it was through this act of love that we have been made right in your sight. Today, here and now, I choose you. I choose your love. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you show to us every single day. And we pray this in your name. Amen.